Happy holidays. It's still early December 2020, so let's do a check-in. How do you feel about Christmas music? It's just a question. Do you find it's starting earlier and earlier each year? Are the commercials, jingles, and general sleigh bell sounds hitting your eardrums a little too early? Or perhaps, maybe it onsets a warm nostalgia. Perhaps you're reminded of the taste of mulled wine or the bustling sounds of grand family meals together and jazz crooners in the background. It's quite a nice escapism from 2020's COVID agenda. At RX Music, we curate music programming. And we know this time of year is paramount for restaurants, hotels, stores, casinos, all of our clientele. Behind closed doors, you might say we've been thinking about the holidays since, well, July. Frankly, if we haven't, we're behind the eight ball because that's when marketing agencies really start to flesh out what the season will look like for them. Everyone is trying to ensure that their customers, clientele, and staff are thoroughly in the holiday spirit. So what we're saying is preparation is key. If we're not rolling out holiday music by Labor Day, we're late. This is the same way for music. Some of the most popular Christmas songs were recorded in midsummer. Let's take Mariah Carey, for example. When recording All I Want for Christmas is You, she had her upstate New York studio famously decked out with holiday decorations in the middle of August just to get her in the spirit for recording that classic. So this begs the question, when do artists really start to get Christmas on the brain? We wanted to know. After all, Christmas is big business and the music industry is all over it. I'm Laura McInnes-Ray, and you're listening to Beneath the Rhythm, an RX Music podcast. At RX Music, I did some digging and found out we've imported 2,236 holiday-slash-Christmas genre tracks, and that's just released in this year alone. As the story goes, dating back to 1850, what we now know as Jingle Bells was originally titled The One Horse Open Sleigh, written for Thanksgiving. Written and composed by Boston-born J.S. Pierpont, there's still ongoing controversy between Savannah, Georgia, and Medford, Massachusetts as to where the song's true birthplace lies. Which isn't shocking, given its legacy as the holiday standard we know it as today. Jingle Bells was also the first song ever broadcasted in space, December 1965. Granted, we've come a long way since then. And for streaming, the audio magic of Christmas continues to boom. Even newly penned Christmas songs are capable of becoming longtime hits. According to Billboard, in 2014, Ariana Grande released Santa Tell Me, which hit 82.9 million streams. That's more than any other original holiday song this decade. 
Coupled with algorithms and radio play, five years later, it's no wonder why the song still gets stuck in my head. So what's the deal with the warm and fuzzies feeling we get from Christmas songs? Simple. It's brain science. Broadman Area 47 is part of the frontal cortex of the human brain. Its major functions include language processing and comprehension. According to neuroscientist Dr. Daniel Levitin, it's also responsible for processing music. To simplify, when talking about music, our brains enjoy when our predictions meet expectations. Hence why we might enjoy hearing covers that are already familiar to us. So when you take a familiar Christmas tune, like It's Beginning Took a Lot Like Christmas, originally composed in 1951 by Meredith Wilson, or maybe you grew up on the Bing Crosby's version, but it's covered by a contemporary artist and recorded with modern technology. It's dripping in nostalgia before you even realize why. We spoke to Tyler Shaw, who released his rendition of fellow Canadian artist Ron Sexsmith's Maybe This Christmas in November of 2020. My name is Tyler Shaw. Um, I'm an artist, producer, actor, um, songwriter, and I was born in Vancouver and I'm currently living in Toronto. Now, you're no stranger to releasing Christmas tracks. Um, I love this Canadian thread running through. Um, you've got the Brian Adams Christmas cover, and you just came out with a cover of Ron Sexsmith's Maybe It's Christmas. How do you feel since the release? I love the holidays, plain and simple. I really do enjoy the holidays, and the best part to me is the music. So getting to do a Christmas song every year, since my career started pretty much, I've done like a cover of Silent Night, I've also done Baby It's Cold Outside, and like you mentioned, Christmas Time with Brian Adams. This year being uh, Ron Sexsmith's Maybe This Christmas. It's just a fun time to get creative in your own right as a cover, but be in the holiday spirit early on, because you have to record these things in like October. So, <laughs> so uh, if not earlier. How do you get into that headspace as an artist to sort of channel such a specific, you know, hallmark time of year? It's true. It's true. It's easier to be inspired when there's like snow on the ground and shops have Christmas decorations and houses have the Christmas lights up for sure. But I started thinking about this Christmas song at least in August. I was like, I think I think I should do another one this year. A, I love the holidays. B, I think it's an important thing for artists to do to just be relevant across the holidays. As early as August, really, for me, when I started playing around with a few different versions, and less is more when it comes to Christmas music, in my opinion. So it's a, if you've heard the song, it's very simple, it's very warm and cozy. So that's kind of what I went with in terms of production. Um, and it didn't take me very long, it took me about a day or two to put together and do all the vocals and stuff. So it was fun. It was a fun uh, little couple of days. And I'm curious also, because I know you grew up in Vancouver and it's a little more temperate than it is typically yeah. in Toronto. Is Do you associate the holidays with snow on the ground, white Christmas, or have you just sort of adapted as you've experienced it? When I was growing up, I probably had, I was in Vancouver, I left when I was 18. So throughout the 18 years, I remember having like two or three white Christmases. Mm-hmm. 
to me, I've always, White Christmas was something so special because it was so rare. And we would hope and pray and, and hope for like the 25th, just a massive snowfall. Cause it would just, it just adds to the element of, of the holidays really. But now living in Toronto, it's pretty much every year is like <laughs> White Christmas. So it's nice, it is nice uh, because I didn't get to grow up with that. And then, and then we find ourselves like cursing it when it comes in November and we're not ready yeah. and everyone freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Why do we live in such a cold place? Yeah, no, it's beautiful though. I was wondering if you had any other covers up your sleeves that you would like to do just sort of following the realm of holiday tracks. Is there any classics that you grew up with? You know, what was sort of like the Shaw household like around Christmas about your sort of soundtracking that season? It was always Buble, uh, Elvis mm. and um Frank Sinatra that type of that, that stuff and thinking of other covers and other songs to do around the holidays my plan for Christmas 2021 is to do a full Christmas album and hopefully get Michael Bublé's blessing as he passes the torch down uh, of King of Christmas in Canada so <laughs> that's kind of that's my plan at least. I think it would be such a fun project to do. Maybe get him involved or David Foster involved because I think we could make something incredibly special and something a little bit more modern but keep with the same flavors that, that Buble did because his Christmas album is obviously one of the best uh, in the world. Is it also in your mom's car? Because it's in my mom's car. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, it probably is, yeah. That's, it's like the one CD that, that somehow doesn't get taken into the house after. Like, it's just yeah. in there at all times. Yeah. This running thread of, of how you approach covers now. Obviously, um, in 2012, you won your Coca-Cola Much Music covers yeah. contest. And... From what I've read, like that was a bit of, you know, you were encouraged by, I think it was your friend or roommate. Yeah, he's my best friend. Yeah. Do you call that guy every day and say thanks? Like, how do you, <laughs> how yeah. do you think you made that sort of transition once you, you know, you got some recognition and that obviously brought on some opportunities? Can you tell us a bit about your relationship towards covering songs now that you're more experienced and sort of more established in your own right? I'm going to start by saying, like, I, I never, used to do very many covers. I started playing when I was 13 years old and I thought, what's the point of playing someone else's song when I can just kind of create my own? So I actually hated doing covers early on and it's kind of ironic that I actually won this competition. It was a covers competition, right? But now I think it's super relevant to create covers in your own way, in your own flavor. So you can still be creative in your own right. You know, you take Watermelon Sugar High, you can make it a Harry Styles song, Watermelon Sugar. You can make it into a ballad or you can make it into a jazz type of record if you wanted to, if you're that type of artist. So just re reapproaching it and making it your own and unique as possible instead of trying to recreate the original track. Try to change the track as much as you can so that is to your artistry and to your flavor of the vision. Art is, art is so subjective. Like You can just do and create whatever you want, even though if someone has already written the song, like I said, Take it and make it your own. And there's something nice about, you know, that idea that if you have idolized this song or this artist, that they might find it and actually come across it. I know Ron Sexsmith, uh, Ron Sexsmith enjoys Maybe This Christmas. He tweeted uh, that like two days ago. Which oh, really that's great. Yeah, it was really nice of him. 
because like I said, I don't really do covers anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I should though, because you know, you have to, it's content, right? Especially with social media nowadays and TikTok, Instagram, whatever, post it. And it's a free platform worldwide. So why not? I'm just too in tune with like creating my own stuff, especially now since I'm working on a third album. I'm just so into my own world and trying to create the best possible tracks for my project that um, I haven't been paying attention to the tracks that are popular and viral and hot. But now I'm talking out loud. I'm like, oh, I should probably do one today. I was I'm interested, like. As you said, I know your next record is expected early next year. Has your approach sort of changed in production or your writing process or anything since COVID, like while working on it? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone uh, in the songwriting space and the production space has had to pivot and and kind of adjust and get with the times, I guess, because everyone's working from home. Um, you know, I updated all my equipment. I set it up in the basement and I do final vocals here now. You know, um, I have produced, I produced Intuition, co-produced it with my buddy Pills. It's been comfortable, actually, to be honest. Like, the inspiration factor for me is travel. I like to go on the road, go on planes, go here, do this, do that. But I've had to kind of readjust my mindset and find inspiration within home, within the local, like, places and just be more in tune of what's surrounding me here. Um and that's kind of taken a new light on on the creation process for me. I now create stuff at home um, because I'm able to, and I produce all the things that I have to take it to a place that it's in a good demo and just upload it to a SoundCloud. And I have like 70 songs, I think, probably more actually, of just like either scratch demos or for, uh, full demos. And I just go through them every once in a while and say, yes, no, yes, no for contender for an album now but it's been more comfortable to do sessions over zoom in the comfort of your own space that of having to waste time on commuting it, honestly wasting time going out to get food you know what i mean it, it it sounds really weird but those things add up in in the time of day and take a an exhaustion on your mental uh, writing state and your physical state as well i know as you said you're such a big fan of the holidays and i am too I know it'll be a little, uh, it'll be different this year. We'll be probably adapting a bit with traditions and, you know, who we can see and whatnot. But I was wondering, now that you're starting a new family, congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, if maybe the sentiment around the holidays is different for you because you're sort of suddenly now in charge of, like, creating all these experiences for this new life and, like, you and your wife and... You know, these are all these wholesome memories we we like to cling on to from our childhood. I was wondering if maybe that's that strikes a chord for lack of a better music reference uh, <laughs> with you now, maybe in a different a different way, so to speak. I think it's going to change things a little bit. I have this conversation all the time with with my wife and with people, and I'm just I'm excited to go through all the firsts again. We're, we're due on December 12th. And I can't wait to show our child snow for the first time. She's not going to understand a thing because she'll be less than, you know, three weeks old. But right. that type of vibe. So every holiday that comes and goes throughout the years, it's going to be something new. And it's going to be so exciting to see her reaction to who's Santa? What is a reindeer? What, you know, what are we doing here? What's this tree? All the all the, the, the stimulations of, of mm -hmm. 
learning about the holidays and, and our traditions. And it's going to be so, so amazing to, to try to see through her eyes. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And you can curate her music taste. This is great. That, that <laughs> is very important. Yes. You've been listening to Beneath the Rhythm, an ARC's music podcast. A warm thanks goes out to Tyler Shaw for sharing his insight on this holiday episode. This program was produced by myself, Craig Clemens, Regan McDonnell, and Tony Young. Images by Andre Grant, social media by Roomjoom Jigup. And I'm your host, Laura McInnes-Ray. Hope you enjoyed the show. Stay safe and happy holidays.